This is The Predictive Marketer, the weekly podcast featuring interviews with the most influential predictive marketing professionals on the planet to tell us what's working today and what's coming tomorrow. The Predictive Marketer is brought to you by SQ Media. In episode five of The Predictive Marketer, we're joined by Ed Barrow, CEO and co-founder of IDEO, where IDEO is changing the paradigm of content marketing. The IDEO content intelligence platform leverages unstructured content data from visitors, digital content interactions, to provide businesses with rich customer insight that can tremendously inform content marketing strategy. We will discuss the rapid growth of IDEO, IDEO's unique position in the predictive marketing landscape, the unique data set generated by IDEO and what it means, how understanding content interaction at the individual level is key to driving sales, and the importance of focus, especially when confronting huge opportunities. Please start us off with the story of how you came to start IDEO. Yeah, sure. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a good story. So Idio actually goes back uh, through my personal background three generations. So I'm third generation predictive analytics, which I think is a, a relatively unique thing in the world. Um, so my grandfather was uh, a pioneer around analog data processing. So he developed um, radar for submarines. So not sonar. This was the ability for for uh, submarines to detect what was above them in the air whilst they were underwater. So. This is going way back to the earliest days of really trying to understand from data what we can, what signal uh, you can gather from the noise of, of some very, very early stage data processing to, to predict, um, in that case, some, some very important things. Um, and then stepping on to the next generation, my father was the uh, um, founder uh, and um, sort of patent holder around a company called KIQ, which he founded a predictive analytics startup in the mid-90s. Um, and they were the pioneers of next best action. So uh, if you phoned your, your retail bank or your uh, cell phone provider these days and said, I want to leave, um, what they offer you on the phone uh, is predicted by that system. And now that system uh, was sold to a company in the US called Cordiant, uh, and in turn to Pega Systems, who are now the sort of preeminent enterprise predictive analytics platform, uh, providing next best offer, next best action um, for all the main retail banks and, and telecoms providers uh, in the US and, and across Europe. So um, I was involved in that uh, as much as I could be at an early stage. So quite literally grew up in the environment of if you have the right data, you can pretty much predict anything. Uh, so yeah, that, that's my personal background. Um, how IDEO then evolved from that is really looking at what was happening in this next best action world in the largest enterprise organizations. We could see that a lot of value is being generated by using information they held about your mobile phone contract or your cell phone contract, I should say, um, and your age, your income, you know, your past transaction history, and similar kind of information within um, within banking and they would use that there to predict one of 50 to 100 offers uh, a, a bundle for your cell phone a new mortgage or credit card similar things um, and, and yeah in, initially some really great results but I could see real limitations with the data they were using and for me 
predictive marketing, predictive analytics was a huge opportunity, but fundamentally it relies on data. That data is the fuel for, for any powerful marketing optimization or, or more broadly customer experience optimization. Um, so around 2006, uh, looked at looked at the environment that was out there, what was being done uh, at the bleeding edge of predictive analytics, and at the same time saw an explosion of activity around digital. You know, this was really the transition time for a lot of people's buying behavior. They moved from a predominantly sort of uh, transactional and human-driven uh, purchase decision process to a much, much more online, self-empowered uh, and content-centric approach to researching purchase decisions. And now, you know, uh, nine, ten years on, that's how everybody buys. For any considered purchase, whether that's uh, a piece of software, a financial services product or solution, um, you know, across a huge range of, of, of uh, purchases, if you're buying a car, if you're buying a holiday, if you're buying a mortgage, and then you have at home, or if you're buying you know, B2B software or services, um, content played a huge part, plays a huge part um, in that purchase decision. And it was through looking at that and realizing that behind that content consumption laid a huge pool of information, of, of data that could completely change the way that traditional predictive analytics worked. Um, and that's where that's where we've come in. So we focused at, on unstructured data. So if you look at the world and how predictive analytics works, it really at the very top bifurcates uh, into people building predictive analytics tools around um, structured information, you know, the existing first party data that an organization has in the CRM system um, or in their transaction data versus people using behavioral and as a result largely unstructured data. Um, and unstructured data these days outweighs um, structured information five to one. So it's a huge opportunity to, 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 to change the way that you optimize your marketing. Um, and that's where we really focus. We've got a powerful predictive analytics uh, platform based on understanding people, uh, people's interests and their intent around the content they consume. So understanding that, in, in essence, our, our belief, which is you are what you read. Um, and using that unstructured data to, to optimize the delivery of the right piece of content at the right time uh, to each customer or prospect. And then for an organization as a whole to understand exactly what content needs to be produced, what campaigns need to be run in order to over, uh, optimize the overall customer uh, journey. Fantastic. I think it's very interesting that Idio appears to be alone out in this marketplace of predictive marketing providers taking this approach of going after unstructured content interactions. So how do you explain that? Yeah, sure. I think you know, when you look at predictive marketing uh, tools, particularly in the sort of B2B space, um, the, the vast majority of them are, are using um, third-party data sets um, and often the same data, uh, the sort of Bombora, Madison, Logic kind of data sets that are out there. Um, I think that you know, if we step back, there's just been an explosion in predictive analytics. You know, two or three years ago, every startup was a data startup. Right? They were saying, okay, we have this new stream of data. Uh, and I think with the commoditization of, of machine learning, tools and platforms that's out there, every new startup is a predictive startup. Um, but the real challenge is, it, it, it's one thing to say, okay, I can go and buy 
a bunch of third-party data and I can put a machine learning platform on top of that and I can churn through that data to provide uh, new insight. And I think that's what a lot of the you know, predictive lead scoring, predictive pipeline forecast um, tools are really doing. Um, and, and I think people are doing that because it's relatively easy to get access to that information. Um, and it's relatively easy then to apply some standard machine learning techniques uh, and, and t tools to, to build what can be quite, quite useful data sets. Um, but ultimately, I think the whole thing is going to be heavily commoditized. Everybody's buying the same data. Everybody's uh, applying roughly the same processes to doing that. Um, so you know, they're taking CRM data and third-party data Pound together, running them through some fairly standard models and, and coming up with results. We've, you know, we've we've said if everybody has access to this third-party data, um, is that really predictive? In, in, is it powerful when it comes to your individual business? And actually, it's our view that you know, knowing that sort of uh, um, heavily inferred, heavily standardized, uh, and anonymized data isn't really that powerful about understanding an individual prospect, an individual customer or account, and, and what they're likely to do next. Um, it goes back to the days of using, uh, from a B2C perspective, using sort of Axiom or Experian uh, segmentation data um, that's so heavily inferred that, frankly, you know, it might as well be horoscopes. You're using completely arbitrary data like you know, the day someone was born or the industry they're in or... Their, their, their job title and their company size to try and predict what, what's right to, to talk to them about. And, and it's so um, so standardized and, and, and diluted as a result. Um, so we said, you know, actually, what someone's doing on your website, what someone's doing within your marketing um, is the best source of customer intelligence. It's a very, very simple transaction you're having with a customer. Every time they're interacting with a piece of content, you're providing them value, you're helping them make a decision, and you can learn from it at the same time. The challenge is that data is, is a mess. Uh, it's not convenient to get to um, in terms of, you, know, you obviously need to, to access that data directly from the website and do so very quickly. You know, Real-time analysis is really important. Uh, and it's also unstructured information. So you've got to click on a website, a click in an email, uh, a transcript of a, of a phone conversation or, or, or a chat log, um, these might as well, you know, they're different channels and there's a silo problem about using data from different channels, but the, the data set might as well be in different languages. It's uh, so unstructured and, and uh, diverse. So we really said, let's make the extra effort to be able to understand that data first before we apply our predictive, uh, predictive tools to it. So it is pretty unique, I think, out there uh, to be using um, the sort of techniques and processes that we are. I think underlying what we do is a technology platform that's, I think there's only really one comparable set of technology out there that can do what IDEO does. Um, and that's actually the IBM Watson platform uh, that you might be familiar with. Um, mm -hmm. That is their new big artificial intelligence uh, play that they're, they're launching at the moment. Spent nearly a, a billion dollars, I believe, getting that business unit up and running. Um, and, and you know, if, if you're a colossal organization that wants to spend eight figures and 24 to 36 months to get this up and running, you know, IBM Watson might be like, good for you. But if you want to see results today, um, and I literally mean today, and if you want to do that on a scalable SaaS basis for, for smaller businesses, 
um, you know, we're really the only uh, only company out there, I think, that's uh, to, taken on the extra challenge to use that unstructured data um, and, and, and really make value out of it. Over the, like you mentioned, uh, the last 12, 18 months, the, uh, the explosion in predictive marketing, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, something like 300 million has been invested in that space? Mm-hmm. From, from how I see it, like I said, if you've got uh, a bunch of, of companies fundamentally buying the same data and applying roughly the same um, techniques and processes, it, it's a heavy, it's going it's a very fast commoditizing vertical at the moment, which is dangerous for all of the startups and all of the investors involved. Um, that uh, there's a, a race to the bottom in terms of pricing, um, and I think that what you'll find is a lot of the traditional marketing automation and marketing cloud platforms um, will start to develop their own predictive marketing capabilities, um, either through purchase or, or through build. But I think that um, that's going to sort of consolidate and, and, and collapse in on itself pretty quickly, um, which is, you know, they are valuable parts of, of the overall um, platform. I think that if you've got a, uh, a marketing automation tool, bringing in predictive elements to that um, to optimize the pipeline or, or, or to um, you know, help you prioritize your activity is very, very important. But I think, um, I think what they do is they are somewhat tactical. Uh, solutions uh, and what we've said is actually um, being able to reprioritize your leads um, for instance you know, is a great is a great tool right it's um, it means that if you've got a hundred hot hot prospects or hot accounts you can f- make sure you focus your time on the top 10 but from our perspective that simply means that you're probably going to screw up with the most important leads slightly faster than you did before right um, if you if you know you still don't actually know what to say to them, um, and from 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 what we we believe, marketing is the best. As I said, the best source of, of customer intelligence. It's the best way to understand your uh, clients is to actually really understand them on the basis of what they're doing within your marketing environment, um, and being able to answer a really critical question, which is why. Why is this customer on our website or this prospect interacting with us? Why are they interested in our solution? Why should we call them or why will they call us? Um, and I think a lot of people have spent time looking at the when and the where and the what. Um, but actually answering that why question, that sort of understanding of the customer context, I think is really, really important. Um, and it's a, you know, once you have the understanding of why they're interested in your solutions and, and services, then it's much much easier to apply and action that data to have a to have a much more personalized marketing uh, experience. Right, I, I I couldn't agree more. So why people read a piece of content is uh, is key uh, mm. to being able to market effectively, and it's the it's the missing piece in the equation right now. So absolutely, and I think the other thing is that with a lot of predictive marketing tools, they're black boxes, right? Um, you put a your CRM data or your marketing automation data in, they probably bring some external information in, they churn through that and tell you, okay, great, these are the leads to focus on, or this is what you need to send to these people. Um, And I think for a lot of organizations, it's really hard to judge how they've made that decision um, and therefore either have confidence in those results or being able to judge comparatively between two solutions, um, which one's the better tool. So, what we like about 
the EDO solution is actually, it's a box, but it's a transparent box. <laughs> um, because what we do is we take your data and first process it to create these uh, interest profiles, these individual tag clouds, if you will, of what is this person interested in based on the content they're consuming. And then we turn that into recommendations of this is the most relevant piece of content to inject into an email or to a website, or this is the most likely conversion uh, action they're going to take. You know, we, we output some of the same sort of uh, data points, same sort of actions, but it's very easy to see the logic of how the systems uh, develop that. And as a result, you know, it's, it's, it's much more comforting to look at predictive results and say, okay, yeah, I can kind of see how it's managed to make that decision. I think that's a good thing to put in front of our customers. Uh, and, 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 and of course, you know, that's at the individual level. Then the data about what they're interested in answering that why question has a much broader impact, not just on the individual marketing execution, um, but for your strategy overall. You can really see you know, what is the demand and supply for your marketing at a topic level across all channels. And, and having that sort of insight paired with uh, predictive tools that can action that data creates a really nice combination of, of clarity over what you should be doing at a strategic level with a, an ability to action that scalably on a one-to-one -one basis. Let's talk about the market a little bit. You guys are working with Fortune 500 or 5,000, mm -hmm. I believe. You've been working a lot with the financial market. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. So we work, um, yeah, towards the enterprise end of the spectrum. Um, and with financial services and, and, and B2B software and services predominantly. Um, so really we focus in on organizations, uh, both in terms of vertical and scale, that have really um, put content at the center of, of their marketing. Um, so really it, it's, it's those people who have already implemented a marketing automation system, have got the, uh, the basics of that orchestration up and running. They've got their drip programs and they've got their um, lead scoring and so on, all sort of set up, but have realized that actually marketing automation systems are very hungry, very hungry systems for content. They don't work unless you've got the right content. And the challenge is that whilst they can send a nicely coordinated drip program, they can't actually tell you what to put into that uh, communication. So they can't really help you understand what should be in this, this email from a content production point of view. And they certainly can't really get down to the granularity of, of for each individual, what's the right piece of content. And, and, and you know, as people start to scale their marketing automation and create a more segmented and personalized experience, the, the, the implementation and maintenance effort just is, goes exponentially through the roof. And that's the sort of client we, we focus on. Um, so B2B software, uh, and services have been really the, the, the first movers in, in terms of implementing marketing automation. So they're in that sort of post-marketing automation hangover uh, environment these days. And, and as a result, it's a very uh, powerful area for us to focus on. And, and, and so much of their marketing is now quite rightly based around delivering content that aids the purchase decision. Um, and then in financial services, um, particularly in the sort of asset management and wealth management side, um, for these businesses, content is actually more important uh, still. It's, it's not just a, a marketing tactic and a marketing technique. It's actually core to their, to their business operation. Um, you know, if you're an asset manager or a wealth manager, 
you're dealing with a relatively commoditized product set. You know, your, your underlying offerings are very similar to your competitors uh, and to new entrants into the market. And so what you're really trying to do is demonstrate to prospects and customers your level of expertise in the market um, and develop through them appreciating your level of expertise, develop trust. Um, that what you you know about the market is better than your competitors, better than the, the customer, um, and, and you know, really build that close relationship. And the primary way in financial services they do that is through delivering content, research reports, investment analysis, market analysis, um, and it's a colossal, uh, colossally expensive activity for them producing this material running a, a, a very large-scale, in many cases, very large-scale insight and research teams, um, and then distributing that is a phenomenally expensive task. So we really help them, at an individual level, drive content engagement, drive people through understanding investment opportunities or market information and, and changes in the market, um, and, and create a, 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 a pipeline with, you know, that moves faster, basically. And at the end of the day, financial services and software companies just want more leads faster. Um, so you know, we can really help facilitate that through the content delivery. And the second side is from an organizational perspective that you know, typically when we start working with clients, and I think this is an industry statistic, that 60 to 70% of the content that gets produced never gets used. And it's a phenomenally expensive activity. So when you look at what is it that fuels a marketing automation platform or fuels a, a modern marketing experience? It is content. And if you're wasting the majority of that budget and that resource and time and effort producing the wrong material, purely from an organizational perspective, getting that right uh, is really important. And, and you know, IDEO's had great success with both of those verticals in dramatically improving the content utilization. So that's by predicting what's the right piece of content to produce in the first place, and then making sure you get that content in front of the people who really need it, can take that number from you know, 60% uh, unused down to sort of 10 or 15% uh, un unused content. And that has a dramatic impact on, on you know, cost models, as well as obviously driving more leads faster and driving up marketing effectiveness as well. Ed Barrow of Idio Platform returns in just a moment. Stay with us. I'm Steve Chenoweth. This is episode five of The Predictive Marketer. This podcast is made possible by SQ Media, an innovative marketing agency and creators of the Predictive Marketing Framework, making marketing ROI more predictable for our clients. Also by the SQ Media Kiva team, with our partners at Kiva.org, we fulfill our mission to provide entrepreneurial support worldwide. We provide $25 loans, which have a 95% payback rate, to entrepreneurs in third world countries, helping to replace hopelessness with hope and enabling human ingenuity to bring lasting positive change worldwide. We invest in jobs and trade, not aid. Visit us at sqmediateam.com. I want to ask this question here because you're, you're really in a very enviable position. You're leading a company that is a one-of-a-kind company in an exploding market. How would you address the opportunity across different verticals and perhaps even mid-market size companies? Absolutely. 
Well, yeah, I mean, as you say, the, the market's exploding and I think we've got a really good opportunity. Um, and, you know, in, a, in an environment like that, you have to focus. Otherwise, you can be distracted by you know, a million different opportunities and, and prospects and so on. Um, and in an exploding market where there are, you know, a vast number of new entrants getting cut through uh, and getting a clear message out there requires that focus. So I think that's where we've started. It's definitely not where we're going to end. Um, so we really look at a, a spectrum of, of clients. Um, so you know, we've started at the higher end of um, financial services and software in terms of the typical client value, so the lifetime value of an end customer. We've started in the sort of institutional and, and investment banking, institutional asset management, wealth management area. Um, these are really the sort of organizations that, as I said, have a really high lifetime value of customers. Uh, and as a result, or they have a high lifetime value of customers and also what I really class as a considered purchase, right? If you're going to buy into that, you're going to spend some time researching uh, that purchase decision and, and therefore content's very important. I think what you'll see is an evolution over the next few years of um, sort of going down the spectrum in, in, in almost every vertical where content's going to become an increasingly important part. So moving through financial services from asset management through wealth management and private banking into private health insurance and commercial insurance into commercial banking and, and ultimately into retail banking. Um, and the same thing in, in, in software. Um, you know, at the moment, it's the sort of more enterprise end of, of software that have invested time in producing content. Um, but I think you're seeing that very fast move down into mid-market and, um, and, and, and SMB. And, and really, there's a lot of other verticals out there on a, you know, on a B2B perspective, B2B consulting and services and um, B2B telecoms markets are, are really, really ripe for this. Um, and then in the consumer in the B2C space as well, um, you know, at the moment, I think there's going to, you know, there's, it's early days, but I think you'll see an explosion in the use of content and then the necessity of, of predictive marketing and marketing content intelligence, as we call it. Um, I'll see, I think you'll see an explosion in that area around um, uh, travel and automotive. Um, I think the, the purchase journey for, for travel, uh, you know, for booking a holiday or buying a car has already started to shift towards an online content-centric purchase decision. Um, and, and so that's going to be great for us. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think that uh, it will probably be some time before you see CPG companies uh, moving into, into this area, although they use content in a very different way. They're actually investing a lot in content from an awareness point of view, which is slightly different. Um, so, yeah, the, the world feels somewhat like our oyster in, in terms of um, the opportunity in the verticals. And um, really, you, know, you can see that transition. I think what's also going to happen is you need to look at the bigger market, the market that's evolving around software as a service as well. And I think um, you know, up until now, the large software as a service players like Salesforce and uh, Marketo and, and the Oracle Sales Cloud, um, these have been deployed in sort of mid-market and the lower end of enterprise. Um, so when they've deployed at, at telecoms, it tends to be the, you know, the B2B side of the business. Um, or in, and in financial services, it's predominantly been the B2B sort of asset management uh, sides. I think what you'll see is um, 
that that's going to evolve quite quickly in the next two years, and and they're going to get into true enterprise scale clients. So the B two C side of, of of financial services, so retail banking, and and the B two C side of, of telecoms, uh, and we're already starting to see that. You know, they're already making some some great uh, headway in those, and and challenging the larger on-premise uh, implementations. In those environments, um, content, as I said, at the same time is becoming an intrinsic part of the customer experience, uh, and you're dealing with incredible scale. You're dealing with you know, north of 10 million end customers. Um, and when you're dealing with that volume of, of, of customers and therefore that complexity of the customer journey, um, you cannot facilitate a, a, a good customer experience without using predictive tools. Um, and you know, that's where I think you'll see some, some, some huge implementations, uh, hopefully, for, for IDEO and, and, and others like us. That's great. That really is exciting. Let me ask you this. What kind of growth plans does IDEO have for 2016? Uh, well, we're, we're doing the classic. We're doubling um, a lot of what we're doing in, in the sales and marketing uh, and customer success part. So we're really investing now um, in, in the commercial side of our business. Um, we have a very, very uh, successful, um, highly skilled uh, team of developers uh, and R&D and, and, and uh, data scientists um, in London. And, and I think we've got a, a great position to have such a a small but uh, successful team there. So we're really investing now in um, our own commercial operation, both in, in Europe, but also here in, in the States, um, at the moment on the East Coast, um, and just growing that team out, uh, as I said, keeping focused on uh, on the verticals we're in at the moment. Um, but you know, 2015 has been a phenomenal year for us in terms of growth, and um, I see that, that 2016 uh, is gonna be uh, far better actually uh, we're already seeing that from, a, from a, our own pipeline forecasts um, so I think from from, from where we are um, we see this market growing I think um, you know, predictive marketing is going to become uh, is going to move to center stage in 2016 um, I think marketing automation has is going to take a step back um, as, as people realize that that you know essentially they need to move beyond standard workflow tools to really try and understand their customers um, and, and customer intelligence and is, is at the heart of a lot of predictive marketing. So I think it's going to move to center stage um, and I'm hopeful that the market will see that there's a big difference between using uh, commoditized data and, and standard uh, tools compared to really understanding your customer based on what they're doing with you. As, an, as, uh, as a company. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about, about where it's gonna go for EDO um, over the next year. You know, right now there's a competitive advantage of using your technology. Mm -hmm. At some point, everybody starts using it and you have to use it to be competitive. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I think, um, I think it's interesting that uh, these days, if you looked at the CRM solutions and the next best action, based solutions being used in the industry, you'd actually find that every major uh, retail bank and, and every major uh, telecoms provider in the, in the US is essentially using the same platform. It's fascinating to see that you've got companies that are 
providing essentially the same products and are now using essentially the same CRM and predictive analytics tools to offer those. Uh, and I'm, I'm confident and uh, to, to, to expect a, a similar thing with content intelligence. Um, so yeah, absolutely, at the moment, we've got some really, really successful pioneering clients um, that have taken a huge leap forward um, and are seeing some great returns as a result and really seeing as competitive advantage. Um, we've also got people who are saying, you know, normally they don't put the cart before the horse and, and move quickly, but when your competitor has the cart, maybe you need to move faster. So mm -hmm. I think that there will be a, a snowball effect, um, and we're certainly starting to see the, the early signs of that. Um, but I think what's, what's interesting and, and contrasting what we do with other predictive marketing tools um, you know, it, because our system's powered by your own data about how your prospects are interacting with you, um, whilst the tool might be used by you yourself and all of your competitors, actually the insight that it's generating and therefore the predictions it can make are genuinely proprietary to you as an organization. In contrast to other predictive tools which ultimately rely on the same publicly available uh, licensable data that's out there. So I think that that's the case, and we've seen it before with, with Nexus Action, that you can actually still use um, the same tools as everybody else, but by leveraging your own interaction data, you have a proprietary um, data set at your disposal. Um, and so you know, two players in exactly the same market uh, using EDO in, in exactly the same way could see quite different um, data sets and that's one of the real unique things about what we do is most predictive tools take your take a standard set of data either the purchased or first party data and then predict something on top of it what we do is actually generate a new data set we generate a new asset for the business and it's that asset that actually is at the core of what we do and in fact our, most of our predictive tools simply sit on top of that data to action it in a real-time and scalable way. It's that new data set that's proprietary to each client that is is, is the real innovation, I think, um, and means that at the moment, you know, those who've implemented are a serious advantage, I, I, I'm confident to say, um, and I think there will be a snowball effect, but I think beyond that, it doesn't really get into a commoditized position because of, of, of what's unique to each client that, that implements it. I think that's a very key point, the fact that you guys are creating a proprietary data set, a huge differentiator. Let me ask you, how do you see the future of marketing as we move forward? Yeah, um, I think that, that each department of an organization over the last 100 years has gone through two sort of phases. Um, one is uh, an orchestration through technology. So you can track from, from the production line um, through HR, through sales, through uh, distribution, um, you know, that initial phase of let's put technology in to help manage the core part of the process. And then steadily the, the next phase is saying, actually, if we've got all of this data, maybe we can, we can have technology action that information and not just humans. Um, and I think that's where marketing's going. So the first phase... Um, over the last sort of uh, five or six years has been introducing marketing operating systems of one sort or another, where in B2B it's marketing automation tools, in, in B2C it's been uh, the sort of larger, more sprawling marketing clouds. 
And so I think for those who've implemented those sort of technologies, they're at the point where they now have a technology backbone to their marketing. Um, and so I really see that the next phase um, being, okay, we have this technology at the core, we now have a lot of data flowing around our marketing. Can we really leverage technology, not just to coordinate the process, but actually action that and, and predict that? So I think predictive marketing, as I say, is, is gonna move to center stage. I think what really goes beyond predictive marketing um, is, is two areas. One is um, what people are calling contextual marketing, which is saying that actually using the customer's context to provide a better experience is, is the core. Um, and that's obviously where IDEO comes in, uh, answering that critical question of why is this person engaging before answering the what should we say to them next. Um, and providing that context is really important. And there's a lot of other parts of that, um, you know, being able to answer when and where you should also uh, communicate. And you know, obviously the proliferation of, of, of channels of communication uh, really uh, plays into that. Um, and then I think where, where marketing goes, or where predictive marketing goes, leads into where marketing is going, which is um, I think marketing is taking an increasing role across the entire customer journey. Um, and I think that, that um, marketing can sort of act as the organizational skin um, that is there across the entire life cycle to do two things. One is to manage the customer communication and the customer experience but also to be that frontline uh, vehicle for understanding the customer. And I think what you'll see is that marketing needs to evolve to be both customer intelligence and customer experience together. And the most successful organizations um, are going to combine marketing and, and, and service together um, and really make that a seamless experience between uh, marketing and service. And I think what what happen is that the sales and you know what has been a department in sales has been a department that's been at the forefront for the last sort of 10 15 years is going to step back and, and you're going to see a powerful combination of marketing and service really managing the customer experience for the for 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 the largest and and, and also the most innovative organizations at the end of the day um, customers end customers are now so in control of the purchase process that they don't really need a sales rep uh, to, to, to manage that across the line. They are making that purchase decision. They need support in making that decision and that's where marketing plays in. And then really they want to have a great experience. And I think a lot of value is going to be developed out of bringing marketing and, and service together with service really coordinating the internal delivery of, of knowledge and human resource and marketing acting uh, as the, the corporate skin. Yeah, this has been fascinating. Thank you so much for taking your time to be with us today. Yeah, thank you very much. It was great to chat. Thank you for listening to the Predictive Marketer podcast. You can find complete show notes at thepredictivemarketer.com. Until next time, we're wishing you much success with your marketing.